All right. Well, this is the uh, eighth attempt at recording this because for some reason I had this obnoxious fuzz uh, that would come through the recording. So let's hope that it sticks it out this whole time without any uh, any of that uh, irritating fuzz happening. Anyway, uh, that's a good start to this. Uh, welcome to Narrowgate Podcast. It's been a while. My name's Ben Hoover. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And obviously that doesn't turn off uh, when I leave the office because I the mind is always filled with wonder when it comes to understanding what it means to be human. Uh, it's a wonderful mystery, to be honest. I, I find myself more and more excited. I can't... Uh, the creativity is uh, is just overflowing. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, for those that just listen to the podcast or read my writings or both, and uh, I now have a new section on my website, uh, which is at benjaminbhoover.com, and the new section is called Lens and Light, and that's where I'm recording kind of 10 to 20-minute videos of myself in my bedroom. You get to see my fancy bedroom. And uh, or my office, and I'm recording uh, these these uh, kind of various topics about humanity. Actually, the the most recent one is I'm actually doing uh, um, a whole series on anger until I run out of any more information to talk about anger. Uh, it's such a beautiful, powerful emotion, and. Uh, it's integral, and it's uh, it's been so judged and shamed because of how poorly it's been uh, uh, reacted to and, and, and from. So anyway, I encourage you to, to listen to some of that, uh, whether you agree or not with all of it. Uh, just hope to stir the pot and, and, and get, get the mind and soul, uh, you know, activate a little bit when it comes to experiencing this emotion it's 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 beautiful it's rich it's necessary uh, it's actually we don't realize how vital it is for connection uh, to connect ourselves to the deeper uh, pains in ourselves but also the, those deeper pains express how there's been something missing and lacking in in honest uh, vulnerable connected relationships so uh, yeah hope you look at uh, check it out there I just put the next one out which is on avoidance and, uh, and so, or, or how avoidance uh, of our anger develops. So check it out. And so from, so it's been a while since I've, I've done a podcast episode. And, uh, and so this most recent one, which is also what I did a writing towards, is all about the concept of light and darkness. Now, I'm going to be using... Uh, uh, some of scripture, the Bible. Um, and so if that turns you off, I, again, I encourage you to stay and hang on because unfortunately, sadly, the Bible has been very misinterpreted and misconstrued and, and seems to have uh, its corner on the market when it comes to kind of church Christianity. And, uh, and yet it's, it's such a, it's such a powerful, there's such powerful writings uh, in terms of, of humans grappling and trying to understand what it means to, to, to live as human and to exist and to, to, uh, to connect. 
So anyway, I'll be using that, and uh, and so I'm trying to think if there's anything else I don't want to miss. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'll be actually uh, delineating on those two terms, and also stick around because uh, and get ready to to recoil a little bit because I'm going to challenge the idea of how we've interpreted Jesus as a savior. I, I think, uh, I think we've drastically misinterpreted that. So anyway, um, if you have fun with a little bit of heretical, uh, uh, thoughts and, and processing, then man, why don't you, why don't you hang on? I've said it enough. All right. So there was this moment last year when I went to uh, Bodega Bay, and if you don't live in California or near the coast or anything, um, Bodega Bay is obviously on the coast, a, a little town, beautiful area, and it's about two hours from where I live. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, there was there was pr- this particular moment that I went, and I had stayed uh, up and kind of until the night, and then I decided to return home. But when I was driving along the, the winding roads there of Bodega Bay, I hit the brakes really hard. Um, and, and I almost experienced pretty, pretty damn close to experiencing a collision. It was dark, couldn't really see. Obviously, uh, my headlights were the only things that were providing some sense of, of clarity. Uh, you know, even though most of the darkness surrounded me, it was this kind of small, narrow range of light cast it in front of me. And as I was turning, taking the, the, the curve, I slammed on my brakes and I was pretty terrified. And what was right in front of me was this deer that at first was kind of casual about standing in front of the road. And then as soon as it, you know, this big mechanical monster, uh, came barreling towards it and the, the sound of the brakes hit, uh, um, which most of my stuff kind of, uh, um, l- uh, lunged forward towards the back of my seat. Uh, this deer decided, you know, to protect itself, you know, cause standing in the middle of the road was, uh, was pretty safe. So it decided to, you know, the light bulb switched on for this animal and then it decided to dart off into the darkness. Um, and boy, was I man! The heart was pounding for a while. It was I kind of laughed with uh, in 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 this uh, this kind of traumatic experience, and, uh, and eventually shook it off. But I was thinking about that example uh, in terms of this uh, this topic of light and darkness. And as you could tell, the the light, right? Although it was minimal, really kind of became the salvation. It uh, it it illuminated. Uh, um, it it, it kind of had the, this radiant presence, and and it illuminated this light that allowed me to see what was before me. Right? Had it had I not had the light, I would have, I would have probably barreled into that deer, and who the hell knows what would have happened? A destroyed car? I don't know. What if I swerved off the cliff? Who knows? The the the, the worst case scenarios, I could have been pretty dead or badly injured, and. Um, and so the light, in a sense, was that salvation. It, it allowed me to see what was before me and, and, and protected me. Um, but interesting enough, too, it, you know, the darkness in this case, right, it wasn't evil. 
you know, as it's made out to be that, oh, it's this darkness is bad. It's an evil presence. But really what it meant is that it, it represents this unseen uh, territory, this this unknowing, right? That, that what was around me, most around me that wasn't, uh, uh, that, that wasn't illuminated by the light was, was veiled by the shadowy obstruction, right? The shadowy presence. And so it was only when the light cast upon some element of darkness that I was able to see that there was kind of danger ahead or what was around me, right? Uh, another, another example is, uh, and this is not a personal example, but imagine you're, you walk into your house, right? And you're all of a sudden overtaken by this smell that seems to oddly resemble something deceased. And so you, this, this, this really familiar death-like smell, uh, begins to, to, to fill up those nostrils. And the smell, as you're trying to track with it, it leads you to the basement. But you don't have, let's just say you don't have immediate access to light. That the, the, the switch is not right there. It's, it's pretty dark. You don't even have, you don't have a flashlight in your hands. You just, you go down in there and you stumble around in the darkness. You hit these objects and, and run into things that you don't even know. You can kind of make it out as to what it might be. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a couch. Maybe it's a lawnmower. Who knows? And, uh, but you're looking for some kind of light assistance because you don't know what, uh, what the hell this smell is, is linked to. And so, uh, so as you're looking for this light source, uh, you're, you're all you have is a smell and you're trying to find that light in order to diagnose the source of the smell. So eventually after a few minutes of kind of foaming around, you find this, this illuminating aid and you find the light switch and turn it on. And as you turn it on immediately, light saturates the room. It fills it up and you continue in search of that mysterious kind of repulsive fragrance. And not too long into your, your detective skills, your sleuthing, you discover that there, there it is, a dead rat. The carcass that's been sitting there, probably just several days dead for whatever reason. Maybe it ate poison. I don't know. And it's emanating that smell. That smell that connected, that, that, that was that smell that hit you right in the face when you walked into your house that caught your attention. Now again, here's another example where the darkness obstructed being able to see. You didn't know, all you had was the smell, kind of the symptom of something that seemed to cease. And you followed that smell and you looked for some something to bring about consciousness, awareness of what it was that was going on that, that could help you see what the, the cause of the smell really was, right? Because the cause is, or the smell was the symptom but the root of it was this deceased rat. And so, uh, and so the darkness, uh, what it did, it was it obstructed your ability to, to find what the problem was. But as you turn on the light, all of a sudden, you were able to see it. Or maybe a couple minutes into it, you were able to see it. So why give these examples? Because obviously, I'm highlighting light and darkness. Now, again, this is light and darkness have been... I think really misconstrued 
in our dualistic thinking, meaning that we split things into two categories, we judge it as good, we judge it as bad, we judge something as right, we judge something as wrong, well, guess what? This this got uh, sorted out in the dualistic mail there. And so light had been kind of coined as good, and darkness has been coined as the bad, the evil. And... And so this is how it's been presented in our humanity, and it's been presented in religious the religious community. Like I said, I grew up in, in the, the the church Christian culture. I say church Christian because uh, I would identify differently now. But uh, but in the, the the church Christian culture, you know, it's it's there is this uh, kind of the church kind of talks about light. Again, being this positive, good uh, um, connotation or, or element, dimension, and, and darkness being this evil. But that's but as I painted in these examples, that's not the case. And in fact, uh, that's not what I think actually the ancient texts are talking about and what Jesus is talking about. So I will go into it. Um, so the problem, too, is that then when we... Uh, when we polarize light and darkness and put it in these good and bad categories, then, then what starts happening is we then filter our behavior and judge our behavior and others' behaviors based off of those categories. That if it feels bad and wrong, then, then it's evil, and, and you know, or, or if we're uncomfortable with thoughts and feelings and longings and desires, and we have sexual fantasies and we get turned on by this or whatever, and uh, or, or we feel this hate or this rage inside ourselves, and we're and and we're afraid of it. Then that means that it's wrong, and so we put it in the in the the darkness category, uh, as opposed to then you know being nice and forgiving and giving and you know pl- doing pleasing things for others and the divine. Well, that's light. That's the good category. But man, we've kind of deviated far from understanding what these two words mean, and I hope. That as I clarify uh, and, and, and really kind of shed understanding on these two beautiful dimensions within humanity, that it might help you kind of reframe things differently, uh, especially towards yourself. So, uh, because I think it's I think the way we've interpreted them has really kind of sucked the the life, the beauty out of both of them. So, light as maybe you've caught on, is, is this awareness, it's consciousness, uh, it's, it's, this, it's this insight, understanding, uh, um, the, the truth, um, and, and then darkness is this unawareness, unconsciousness, we, it, I call it pre-seeing, that's not even a word, maybe it is, uh, but it's not yet, uh, that which is not yet understood, not yet uh, come into awareness. And so, uh, so have that in mind as we journey together in this episode. So light, again, is consciousness. Darkness is unconsciousness. We're not aware of. And both, by the way, uh, fuel our behaviors. Uh, you know, whether we're conscious of something or unconscious. And a lot of times, a lot of behaviors are driven by the unconscious. And that's actually really powerful. All the, the symptoms that manifest in the world, murder, um, uh, um, suicide, uh, eating disorders, 
drug use, all of that stuff, all of it is communicating something hidden inside, something that we're trying to regulate and connect to, not escape, but actually trying to find some sense of solace, peace, satisfaction. And, uh, and so, uh, and so, you know, if you've ever had this experience, we've acted or reacted at times where the aftermath of that is we feel off, we're confused, you know, there's kind of this foggy sort of um, understanding of why the hell did I do that? Well, the confusion speaks to a lack of clarity, of, of, of unawareness, again, a pre-seeing. Um, and so most of us are, are driven by these shadows and because... The truth is, is we actually are not wired to live hidden in secrets, in the dark recesses. Uh, so these things are coming out in various ways, whether you realize it or not. And so, um, so there's this kind of this gravitational pull to being truly open or quote unquote naked. So now how do we move towards the light, right? How, how do we live in that light, in that consciousness? Um, well, to be frank with you, it's not about converting to some religion, uh, or should I say religion as man has constructed it to be, because I believe true religion is universal, and actually it's, uh, it's about reconnecting. And uh, actually, Religion, the word is Latin, and it actually stands, it, it means to return to a connection, right? So, uh, or, or it doesn't all, but it, it doesn't mean you've got to believe certain religious stipulations or follow stipulations or constructs. It's actually far more exhilarating, exciting, and vibrant than this. So, let me go to scripture so I can back up what I'm saying and you don't think I'm so weird. And, uh, and dismiss this. So, so Jesus sits down with his disciples. He enters onto the scene, right? He goes through his, his temptation of um, trying to meet needs in his own, his own path. So he battles his own ego. You can listen to that on one of my podcasts on the, the temptations of Jesus and what I believe them to really mean. Anyway, and, uh, and so he goes through that, the ringer on that, and then he enters into this new way of living in the world and, and sharing this message with, with those around. All right. So, but, but in the beginning, and you can look this up in the book of Matthew, he sits down with his disciples and he gives this pretty profound alien speech. I call it the state of the union address. Then it's so foreign than what humans have heard. And so he flips basically the belief system that's been so ingrained in humans and he flips it upside down. And the, uh, his message shifts from living this life anxiously, wearing a mask, and anxiously trying to please this divine being in the world and, and, you know, and, and, and doing harmful things to one another and hurting people in and, and de- and dehumanizing, disconnected, destructive ways. And he draws, uh, he, he begins the speech that challenges people to start looking within to start venturing inside uh, and, and understanding what exists in us, that that's where the source of truth actually is because it's being communicated through our emotions, uh, through the things that feel off, the things that are satisfying, the things aren't, um, the emptiness, the loneliness, the hate, all of that. So he's actually challenging people to 
to, to turn their focus inward. And uh, which inevitably, when we accept and face everything inside of ourselves, that, that it, it, uh, it, it transforms our way of living. We begin to operate in this human skin very differently. Uh, and so, uh, so what's interesting, and I think also it's intentional, he starts the speech with the Beatitudes, which by the way is not a list of just characteristics of someone that's getting it right in the world. Nuh-uh. This is actually, if you notice, it's actually a progressive journey towards becoming the true self. Uh, and I'm actually in the process of breaking down each one and writing about it and then podcasting about it, so stay tuned for that. But he begins this teaching, and then he goes on to talk about you're the you know the salt of the earth, and and I won't talk about that. But and he then talks about you're also the light, right? You're the you're you're a city on a hill. You're a lampstand that's to be displayed before others. It shouldn't be covered. Um, you have this light, this radiance within yourself. And uh, but he talks about that after the per, after the journey of going in the true self. So that's what's interesting that there's this connection of you you shed the masks, uh, you grieve, you go through the loss, and then you be, you begin this hunger, this hunger for something different, a new way of being in the world, um, of, of helping others connect, of addressing wrongdoings, and so on and so forth. And, uh, and so once someone accesses and merges, enters into that true self, they, there's this light that just comes on that you can't turn off. You can't sit uh, and, and, and hold inside this message. It has to be shared that other people can experience the freedom, the richness, the liberation. And, uh, and so, anyway, so unfortunately though, like a lot of Christian sects, uh, they kind of believe that this indicates like that you've got to accept Jesus and, and you know, ask him into your heart and then you've got to live a life devoted to pleasing him and always turning to him. But actually he ruptures and destroys this mindset. He really does. Instead, again, he's drawing the person towards themselves to face and accept the truths within that will lead to a lasting eternal change, right? And, uh, but somehow that, that message got all kind of thrown into the, the wood chipper there and became distorted. So again, he talks about being this light of the world, right? And, uh, and so, so what does that mean? How do we get to that? Right? So, um, so what I believe is that, um, and, and this is going to be a little controversial here is that, you know, Jesus is not the savior that we team that we seem to interpret or project on him that he's going to come in and just be the balm to our wounds and heal all and cover all but no actually he was actually confronting uh the things in our heart that we have to actually go into but not in a shameful judgmental way because that actually blocks uh, uh awareness and going in and healing and 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 accessing the 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 inner truths um but i I really kind of see Jesus as like that light was, uh, the headlights were in my car or that the light switch was in the basement is that Jesus in a sense is this light, uh, the, the, the richer, uh, and I would say the richer understanding is that he is the consciousness, the illuminating awareness, um, that, that enabled humanity to begin to see inside themselves, right? To go into the darkness, into the unconsciousness. 
so um, and and we get so wrapped up arguing about other things about his deity or whatever, and we miss this beautiful, incredible message. Seriously, it's incredible, and it's exciting, and it's scary, and it's uncomfortable, but it's it's oh, there's freedom in it, and so. So anyway, so he's kind of like that flashlight that, that turns it on in the shadows of the, of the soul to help us see, right? And, and, and look inside because that is what will uh, change the world actually is when we, when we look internally and we face the things that we're afraid to face in ourselves. So, um, so those that live in the light really have journeyed into their own darkness. And what I mean by that is they've... they've uh, boldly and bravely face the shadows in themselves. Um, so those that emanate light, uh, it's referring to those that have traveled into the inner self, that they face themselves, that they've experienced and listened to the truth, right? The truth is not just something out there. It's, it's, it's inside of us. It's within the emotional realm. What we don't realize is our emotions actually are the most purest, honest, parts of ourselves. They're reflexive. They're, they're reacting to the environment. They're telling us when things are off or on or connected or disconnected and what's perpetuating that. And so, but we've, we oftentimes, we've so been afraid of that part of ourselves and have judged it. Uh, and, and, and by the way, the, the, the emotional realm, you know, it manifests in our thoughts and our fantasies and our behaviors and, uh, and it's communicating, really what it is that we're desiring and wanting. And so, so, so the people that actually have access to the light and live in the light have stopped pushing things out of, away from themselves of living behind defenses. Uh, instead, they carry this openness and this acceptance that they learn from the quote-unquote voices inside of themselves, right? They listen to the hate to the anger, to their sexuality, their arousal, their hunger, their loneliness and emptiness, their sadness, their every desire, thought, feeling, behavior, need, the, the judgments that, that come up, that, that project onto others. They, they look at all of that. They don't fixate on the problems of everybody else in this judgmental way. No, instead, they, uh, they with care and compassion, they focus on what's happening inside themselves. Um, those that live in the light actually live in the truth. So they're, in a sense, synonymous, right? Light, consciousness, truth. Um, and that, that this truth was accessed not from something outside, but inside. Right? Deep within their hearts. You know, when you, you hear people go like, I just... I just knew, right? I just sensed. There's, there's truth in that, right? Um, they, and so with, with tenacity and commitment, they've fought through really the overpowering presence of shame, that which causes someone to pull away, to withdraw, to, uh, to hide from the things coming up in themselves. So, uh, an example of that, let me, let me just give an example that let's just say, um, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to get vulnerable here. Uh, there was, there was a time where I, growing up where I felt a lot of shame looking at pornography and judged it and considered it an addiction and I hid it and I was kept it a secret. 
And then I stopped. I didn't look at it. Uh, I didn't act in any way sexually. I, sh- I shut that stuff off for like 10 years of myself. And so then a couple years ago, you know, I, uh, at one point I looked at pornography and I felt this shame come over me and this fear and this judgment of, oh my God, I fucked up all those years of abstaining from that. And I ruined it and thought that it was over. You know, I really, you know, catastrophically reacted to that because there was this, again, what came up was this judgment that I did something wrong. And, uh, and that shame really lingered throughout the day. And then the next day, because I had looked at that and I remember going to this lake that's, that's about, you know, 20 minutes from my house. And I went to the lake and I thought, hell no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to let this shame, uh, really beat my, beat me up. And so, because this anger was coming up, but it was being directed at myself and I was tearing myself apart. So I went to the lake and I, I started to throw rocks and hit trees and I was just pissed. And I had this angry conversation with the divine and I was so frustrated and angry because the, the, the reality was the reason why I looked is because I was longing for a connection, longing for intimacy, longing to, to be engaged intimately in that way. And, and that was what was really drawing me. And so shame was swooping in and basically pummeling me and, and, and terrorizing me. And, uh, and, 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 and my instinct was to withdraw and beat myself up and then do these avoidant behaviors again, like I did in the past, which perpetuated this compulsive, uh, reactive behavior towards pornography. And so as I fought through that, man, that shame went away and I was able to connect to that need, that desire, that longing, and really fight through that, that real ominous presence of, of shame. And shame is really just anger turned inward. Um, and so the beauty, what shifted in me is that I actually expressed that anger, that really my anger was, was profoundly articulating that my desire was to be in relationship, to be connected, to be intertwined uh, sexually and, and emotionally with someone. And so anyway, so those, that's an example, personal example, is that, uh, is that um, I, I face the discomfort, I face the, uh, the, the, the tension, the unknown. I, I, I fought through that powerful, forceful uh, presence of shame. And, uh, and so, so, uh, so people that actually develop greater understanding and insight are those that fight through those forces that pull away that, that, uh, that create self-hatred and they fight through that directing their anger elsewhere in, in the right direction towards the, towards their desire, their want, their need. It brings them into vulnerable places. And so, uh, and so, and that's where they encounter the reality, the real, that, that, man, this is what I'm really desiring and longing. And so, but when we push that stuff away, when we get afraid and we overcome with shame and we let that 
suffocate us. We don't ever develop awareness. We end up actually hiding and pushing these things down. And then we avoid relationships and sharing this with people. And actually to live in the light is the opposite. It's actually we, we share this in openness. We bring this forward to people that we feel safe with, that accept us, that help us understand the cries of our hearts. So, uh, and so the other thing too is that they've they've faced again their darkness as well, or, or what ex- what lives in the darkness, and so um, so we've judged darkness as evil, but darkness in and of itself it's not evil, but yes, evil can uh, it, it can stem from darkness because evil really is birthed out of unknowing. Uh, it's the reverse of life. It's a destructive, toxic force that kind of destroys the self and anything and anyone in its path. Um, but to address evil, really, in, in one another, and, and well, yeah, I hesitate just saying things are evil, but, um, but to address true evil, that which is like a destructive force, um, in order, one must uh, irradiate the source from which it comes. So shine a light on the heart uh, of it all beneath. So a lot of people, we, we think we've got to excommunicate and destroy and, and just weed out the people in society that do these heinous, destructive, evil things. But that actually doesn't heal the world. It doesn't actually heal humanity. Those people are actually teaching us uh, greater truths. Uh, they, they're teaching us of this is a symptom of a greater problem uh, that, that exists. And so really, uh, evil is is the heart absorbed with unprocessed anger and pain. And so the one that acts with evil and evil intent, meaning to purposely destroy other people, to harm, to create confusion in others, to, to create a, a sense of helplessness and powerlessness in others, um, they haven't yet acknowledged or owned uh, or vulnerably felt the hurt that, that, that they carry inside. And, and so, uh, and so that's, that's a huge part of how we help one another heal is that with care, with love, with boldness, with strength, we address these things in one another. So it's those that go into their darkness that, that not only learn uh, about themselves, but eventually it turns into a message that they want to share to others. One that's rich with compassion and care, with boldness, with strength, with genuineness and vulnerability. Um, and to go into the darkness requires that, that we have an openness to learning, to growing, to sharing vulnerably, to being taught, uh, to understand everything that stirs inside of us. Uh, those that have gone down this path before, that have, that have faced the unconscious parts, the shadows inside, uh, they eventually become lights. Uh, beacons of consciousness, right? Um, illuminating our dark spots so that we can understand that we can see. Um, what's so cool is that people that face themselves, they something changes in them. Uh, a care, a compassion washes over them, uh, fills their hearts, and they walk with those that are hurting that are in the darkness, that are unaware of that which exists in themselves. Um, and they, they act in ways, beautiful ways, to remove, help remove the impediments that block those around from accessing their true self and expressing their message all around. I, I, as I face these things in myself, I can't 
turn off this message. I have to share this with people. Even if I, at times I've gotten backlash or whatnot, even in my friendships, um, there's this more of this growing frustration, irritation with the way we connect at times or the things my friends do or the things that bother me. And, you know, right now I've kind of sat on them. Uh, but eventually it, it, I, I'm, I, I, I'm growing more and more frustrated and tired of holding that in because the truth is, is I, I want to connect with them in ways that aren't hindered. And I want, I would love for them to be able to grow as well as I be able to grow. And so there's this desire, uh, to have this reciprocating, um, engagement with one another that we can be real and honest and confront and share, talk about the things that kind of tick us off about each other. That's so important, right? It's not just about laughing, having a good time, although that's a huge part of it. But actually those, the laughing, the enjoyment, the fun, the playfulness that exists in friendships will actually enrich and uh, they'll, they'll, they'll experience a different vibrancy and vitality and, and um, a different kind of, Oh, how do I say it? Just power or uh, a potency when uh, when we uh, when we also engage in the depths at times. When we confront, when we uh, when we connect in ways that go into the pains and the hurts and the wounds. Um, so those who those who operate now in that state of consciousness, uh, again, they've experienced a beautiful care and compassion. That they share with others, um, and and really it becomes reflexive. They can't turn it off. It's it's not something that's forced. It's something like I don't know, but I've got to share this. So no longer do people that live in these realms, uh, in in these these new realms of love, in light, in awareness, uh, they no longer live in in exclusivity, in divisive realms. Right, pushing people away and saying that's them and that they they belong over there and they're not allowed. No. Um, you know, they, they go into the, into the, um, the alleys, so to speak, the, the, the dark corners of the world where those that have been ostracized and hated, scapegoated by society, uh, they go to those and, and express a love, a love that they're thirsty for. They operate by different rules, courageously sharing their truth, venturing in the darkness with others and helping them to face and no longer avoid looking within or seeing in the hopes that that will move someone towards their true self. And I find this so exciting that really uh, one, one man, Jesus, was not just the salvation, that all of us are called, all of us have access, all of us are able to be salvations to one another, to help one another see and grow into true humanness. To begin a self-journey of embracing the whole package, shedding hatred and fear towards that which lives inside of us. It's on this journey that we discover really how to live and connect. And it's, it's such a radiant message that, that one won't, they can't push it down, they can't hide or keep it, they, and they would never want to withhold this from other people seeing. And that is my passion and desire that I've gone in myself and continue. There's things I'm still sometimes afraid to face in myself, 
but the more that I face it, the, the, the more I, I, I access, I enter into these realms of truth. And I begin to see differently how people function. I no longer live in this judgment of this is good or this is bad. But to see why it exists in the first place and to address the very roots of its existence. Because so many of us just treat it behaviorally or, or cognitively. We just, let's alter the way we think about it. Let's be more positive. Let's, no. We've got to be real and go into the depths, into the caverns. That is where true lasting change is. And that is where the beautiful connection begins to happen. And that, in a nutshell, <laughs> is how the world heals. And so, um, may you experience more of the light. May you accept the truths coming up in yourself. May you learn to listen. And no longer avoid or deafen or deny or create any kind of distraction away. That those things are these beautiful reaching out and voices telling you to listen, to hear. Because it will tell you, it will, it will give you messages that are not only for you. They start with you. But then they... they uh, ripple out to others. Till next time.